Today on the news and why it matters, uh, the shootings over the weekend and some things that you will not hear about them in the mainstream media. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, uh, joined by Stuber Jason Buttrell, and Aaron Colin, all in agreement, I think, that uh, the coverage of the shootings that happened in El Paso and in Ohio uh, over the weekend is pretty much the top story of the day. It's what everyone's talking about. Um, Stu, I'll let you get into it first. Uh, so much to get into. Yeah. I mean, obviously a horrible weekend for so many different reasons. Um, you know, we can, I think people kind of go back to their own sort of like little corners and start defending the territory they're comfortable defending in moments like this, uh, which isn't always the healthiest thing to do as far as the actual debate and the future of the country go. Um, I was fascinated though at the way the left and the media ran to the very predictable corner of saying this was Donald Trump's fault. Uh, this guy was obviously a racist. You read his manifesto, you realize right away that he's a racist. And, you know, when I first heard the news break, I heard the man, you know, mm-hmm. clips from the media. It's kind of what I thought, too. It's like, okay, well, you can't blame Trump for this. But, you know, the fact that a racist did this is really bad. And we know what's coming. Like we've been in conservative media long enough to know, right? It's right around the corner, which is they're going to start saying conservatives are responsible. Talk radio is responsible. Conservative Twitter is responsible. And then now, the Donald, you know, Donald Trump is responsible. But, you know, I decided to do something that I guess, like a lot of people in the media didn't bother to do, which was read the actual thing. I mean, and and this is a weird place for us here at The Blaze because we have a policy. I think it's the right policy, which is to make sure that we do not glorify uh, these shooters. We do not draw attention to their work and reasoning. Typically, we never give their names. We have a pretty extensive policy on the news side on that one. And it's one I agree with and actually fought for uh, and and argued for behind the scenes because I think it's one of those things where – you know, a lot of people die, right? Like, you know, 40 people or I think it's 20 people a day or so die from handguns. We never hear about any of those people. Um, but these big, you know, spectacle sort of incidents are the things that drive the media coverage and I think drive the copycats and follow ups and people. They, you know, this whole gamification of this process comes to these guys comparing, you know, uh, notes. And so I don't want to give it any more credit and any more attention than it deserves. This one I thought was worth a minor exception just on the basis uh, of the way the media was covering it. Because they are covering it, and they are giving lots of quotes from the manifesto, but every quote they are giving from the manifesto has to go back to this sort of white supremacy ideology, the fact that he didn't like uh, illegal immigrants, the fact that he was a really bad racist that didn't like Mexicans. All these things are true. Um, and that, I think, explains why El Paso, right? The guys in Allen, Texas, is about an 8- to 10-hour drive to get down there. Why go all the way to El Paso? He wanted to be close to the border. There's another element of that, though, and I want to I focus on that. Because this sentence was used in every news story that I saw about the manifesto. It said this, if we can get rid of enough people, then our way of life can become more sustainable. And you read that in the sort of context of a white supremacy art, uh, article, you can kind of feel what that, you know, what they're trying to say there, right? Like this guy is some, you know, racist white guy and he sees these invader invasion uh, forces coming in and they're going to turn the country into a Hispanic land. I mean, uh, Sarah, I know you're, you're step one in this process. Um, uh, they're going to turn it into some crazy Hispanic land that's going to you know, violate the, the rights of the white person to flourish. You know, this nonsensical Richard Spencer bullcrap. 
so it made sense in that context. However, the actual paragraph that is ripped from, it's the last sentence of a paragraph. And let's uh, go through some of this, because if you can tell me the difference between Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Jay Inslee and, you know, Cory Booker and and this guy, I you're you're more of a man than I am because I, I don't see it. This is what it says. It's a little long, but bear with me because I think the context is the whole story here. The American lifestyle affords our citizens an incredible quality of life. However, our lifestyle is destroying the environment of our country. The decimation of the environment is creating a massive burden for future generations. Corporations are heading the destruction of our environment by shamelessly over-harvesting resources. This has been a problem for decades. For example, this phenomenon is brilliantly portrayed in the decades-old classic, The Lorax. What a bizarre (laughs) reference. Uh, Watersheds around the country, especially in agricultural areas, are being depleted. Fresh water is being polluted from farming and oil drilling operations. Uh, Consumer culture is creating thousands of tons of unnecessary plastic waste and electronic waste. Remember that phrase for a minute. And recycling to help slow down, uh, slow this down is almost non-existent. Urban sprawl creates inefficient cities, blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute. Now, Donald Trump, the developer. Yes. Know, oh. Builds buildings. He's very concerned about urban, urban sprawl. Urban sprawl. The guy right. with the gold hotels. Now I'm yep, seeing the that, connection. Oh, now you see yeah. it. Yeah. Um, God knows how many trees of paper towels we use to wipe our uh, water off our hands. Uh, I mean... Again, like blah, blah, blah. I think it ends uh, coming up uh, here. I mean, he talks about how uh, it's, uh, most people are not happy about um, changing their lifestyle and says the next logical step is to decrease the number of people in America using resources. This is where the media jumps in and starts the quote. If we can get rid of enough people, then our way of life can be more sustainable. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Everything before that last sentence sounds like it could have been in the Democratic debate from one of the candidates. Or the Green New Deal. Or the Green New Deal, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, he's basically (laughs) quoting left-wing environmentalist propaganda. They lift one sentence out of there, and then they go back and say, okay, well, you know what? Uh, everything's everything's fine. Just forget what the context is. It's the, amazing to me. In the context before that, I mean, even before that paragraph, yeah. there, he's talking about uh, basically Medicare for all. You yeah, know, he's worried about all. you know a sing- uh, uh, universal basic income, UBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, um, was it uh, the student loan debt? Yep. All this stuff. Are- all of these left wing poly- uh, uh, progressive talking points. He's just. Yeah. Spitting them all out. I mean, he's basically in that debate, right? He's Bill de Blasio, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, basically, it's the prototypical Richard Spencer type person. The, peop- the person yeah. that they try to say is part of the right. Yes. Or is conservative. No. Yeah. There is nothing conservative about that. Alt-right means the alternative to the right. Yes. I mean, they're, they're not conservatives. They're socialists by nature. They're mm-hmm. collectivists by nature. This is an identitarian, which really is no different from the identitarianism that we see coming from uh, the hardcore progressives, the hardcore feminists. The- yeah. Yeah, and and the right. I mean, you know, you go on TV and you see. We were talked about this in the in the previous half hour, where you know you have this idea that you could sit, go on TV and say, you know what, the, the, look, there's just no way the Democrats can nominate a white man to this role. Like that is like straight out racism, right? Like that's not. I mean, you might not think it's racism, but it is. I mean, it is when you're t- saying a group of people cannot hold positions of power because of the color of their skin. I mean, how could you be more clear? And I think one other thing that popped in my head as we were talking about this a lot, and we went back and forth of this off the air a little bit, Jason, which I think uh, is something I didn't notice initially. I think this, the selection of El Paso was intentional. It's right by the border. He wanted to kill immigrants, Mexicans, people who are crossing the border, Mexican-Americans. The area is about 80% um, Hispanic. 
But I think one thing I missed initially was that I think the selection of Walmart was also an intentional choice. He's talking about uh, plastic waste, electronic mm. waste, consumerism, these greedy, cor- corporations. greedy corporations ruining the environment. I mean, that is the left-wing case against Walmart. Mm. Uh, it, is the, it is the case that the Sierra Club would write up about Walmart on any given uh, you know, fundraising effort. And he quotes it and then goes to a Walmart to kill the consumers who are doing all of this. I don't think Walmart was a mistake here. I think Walmart was an intentional target along with this border town. And they, the media is literally telling you half of the story and stopping. And I even think it's worse than that because it's not just that they're, telling, they're ignoring the left-wing side of this. They're taking sentences from the paragraphs where it's being discussed, removing the context and making it seem like he was talking about something else. I think unconscionable. I cannot believe they did it. I've I mean, not heard. I, I don't think I've heard anything more egregious. It becomes than that. it becomes the danger of, and we don't want to make celebrities out of these people and publish their manifestos. But it becomes the danger when other people are doing it and they take it out of context yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It becomes hard because you say, well, we want the whole story to be out there. We want it to be accurate, and it becomes tough. And it's some sort of a moral conundrum of: do we publish it so it's accurate, so people are not misrepresenting it, or do we not publish it and allow? A media organization to totally misrepresent the whole thing. And that's a that's a almost a, another you know conversation on what happens now. So like like so I understand people not publishing like media organizations not running stuff like that and yep. glorifying him. But I went and looked for for, for his manifesto. And I had an incredibly hard time yeah. finding I did it. Too. Yeah. It's because they took the, like the what was it the the internet provider that was hosting the eight chan yeah. took it down. So so now so now like I think the entire eight chan is down now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So, they pulled funding for it. Right. Mm-hmm. The company yeah. said we're not kind of fund this particular website right. anymore because it's used for these things. I mean, I, I don't, I think that's, we're, we're going down some very, very shaky ground here because now, I mean, there's already that, who, who is it, uh, Stu, that's uh, that's trying to, uh, it's going through Congress right now or the Senate where they're trying to uh, figure out how to uh, regulate the internet. Out of basically. Missouri, is it uh, Holly? Uh, Holly, yeah. that's right, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things in that are crazy. Like, you know, regulating the amount of time you can spend on certain websites and all that. We're going down those lines. Then we had the president today talking about red flag laws, which, whoa, full stop. I mean, like, we have to seriously look at some of this stuff because if you just go off and do something, you know, that's, you know, based off of an emotion, uh, we're in some serious trouble here. I mean, liberty is not easy. You know, we just put that out there right now. Freedom is not easy. There are some things that we're going to have to deal with. But if we jump off the, you know, jump off the, uh, you know, the road here and we start going towards, you know, putting in some of these like laws that infringe upon the Second Amendment or laws that infringe upon the First Amendment, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. Aaron, what do you make of the difference in coverage between this shooting that happened in El Paso Mm. And then the one that happened in Ohio, because mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it's it's much different. It's much different. I mean, you can see that it's so much more balanced toward the El Paso because it fits a narrative. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the, it doesn't even fit that narrative, right? When they're you actually forcing look at it, it into, yeah, they're actually they can yeah. they can force they can it into. It in but it's yeah. much harder with the Dayton situation where you look at the person who committed that crime and some of the things that he believed his political views, and that would force them to look at the other side of this and say, well, maybe it's not. If we're going to blame rhetoric, if we're going to blame politics for these crimes. Well, we would have to do that on both sides, but they don't want to do that. And so you can see how much the coverage is slanted toward the one tragedy. Both are equally tragic, but toward the one that fits a narrative that they want to push. 
And I think too, like you know, you look at those two crimes, and, and the El Paso one, I think, was clearly ideological, and in, in, as far as motive goes, um, we know that uh, from the manifesto, and and it's both left wing and right. I mean, I, I completely reject the idea that uh, racism is a right wing ideology, and it's not. It's clear, white nationalism has nothing to do with the right wing whatsoever. But I mean, given the media narratives, we'll you know I'll allow it for that moment. Um, the, you know, the, the one in, in Dayton was done by a socialist, but there's not a clear indication it was politically motivated. Like, I don't think it would be uh, under the idea of terrorism, per se. It does not seem to have that. He killed his sister. It seems like there could have been a personal motive. But we don't know for sure yet, unless that's changed very recently. Well, no, it hasn't, but I, I'm very worried if it is. Even if it's not, because of the timing of this. 13 yeah. hours after that, there are. I mean, like, uh, there was a guy that posted a manifesto over in Washington who firebombed uh, an ICE facility. Um, the media did, kind of did the same thing they're doing right. today. And they did, actually, you didn't hardly hear anything yeah. about it. You have to search for that news. The Blaze covered it, but not a lot of people did. Um, they actually called uh, Antifa, or have this guy as a martyr right now, where the guy said, take up arms, now is the time, because no one else is doing anything. Uh, you had Antifa saying they're going to go down to the border, I think, next month. Was it September 1st? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to start something, and they were posting uh, you know, pictures of ICE agents being shot. Um, there is a, I don't want to say civil war brewing in the company, not uh, in the country, not like, you know, the 1800s, but there are groups that are looking to fight each other and they're looking to take action. People like this idiot, you know, this, uh, this guy in, at, uh, in El Paso, people like the guy over in Washington. And then even if this guy wasn't, uh, going off of an, and Dayton wasn't going off an ideological, there will be people that think he, that he did. And there'll be people that will be cheering him on. That's getting, that's escalating. That's getting worse and worse and worse. It's yeah. trouble, troublesome. Uh, all right. Before we take a break, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are looking to buy or sell your house, uh, no pressure. It's just like it's worth a lot of money and probably the biggest investment you're ever going to make in your life. And you probably shouldn't leave it to uh, Jason's plumber <laughs> who story. works on his toilet and also happens to have his real estate license. <laughs> That's kind of weird. I think maybe you go to, it's like not in the same class, I hope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know nowadays. Maybe there is a class. Toilet school and plumber school and also <laughs> real estate school. I don't know. Um, but so lucky for you, uh, Glenn formed a company. These guys are in radio. They move around all the time. Formed this company who they vet all of these real estate agents all across the country. They vet them to make sure that they are doing this full time. They are the experts in the area. Mm -hmm. um, And they are going to get you the best value uh, for your home. And also... They're listeners, right? So they share our values. Yeah, and uh, my big line with this is if when you're signing your documents, if the real estate agent brings crayons, um, don't go with them. (laughs) Crayons. Anytime crayons are involved in a real estate document signing, run the other direction. (laughs) really solid. I've I've been able to talk Glenn into putting that into the standards for realestateagentsitrust.com. So that's that's guaranteed. They will not bring crayons. That's yourself. That's yourself right there. Uh, They've got them, like I said, all across the country. So wherever you're moving, Wherever you're located, they have one where you are. you got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Back in a minute. Oh, matte pencils. Yeah, I think that's okay. Magic markers. Step ups, probably okay. Getting back into the conversation, dissecting uh, this weekend's events... It was really interesting to see how the media and how our lawmakers um, responded to the shootings that took place in El Paso and in Dayton. I want to bring to the table first 
our good friend of the show, Robert Francis, and uh, who he believes is responsible for the shooting in El Paso. Watch. Do you think President Trump is a white nationalist? Yes, I, I do. And again, uh, from some of the record that I just recited to you, the, the things that he has said, both as a, a candidate uh, and then as the president of the United States, this cannot be uh, open for, for debate. And, and you, as well as I, have a responsibility to call that out to make sure that the American people understand what is being done in their name by the person who holds the highest position of public trust in this land. It's not open for debate. Can't even discuss it anymore. Well, you better not Maybe. talk about it then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank you, Beto, for explaining this to us. Maybe it's not open for debate for him because there's actually no evidence that he could give to us. <laughs> right. I mean, no uh, what, clear-cut evidence to prove like, that Trump is that. What is their legitimate best piece of evidence that he is a white nationalist? It's probably Charlottesville, Charlottesville. right, where he says there are good people on both sides. Now, look, we all know what he meant by that. It was a like a really bad political mistake, right? If you put it but in context, it, you know what he meant yes, by that. Yes, and what he meant by it was, you know, like, we all know there were people who were uh, who were upset about the, the statues coming down that are not racist, that were not saying Jews will not replace us, that were not carrying torches like morons through parks, right? <laughs> like, there are a lot of people who are like, look, this is our history, and, like, I, as bad as it is, I don't think we should be tearing down statues. That side of the debate was not present at that rally but was talking about that issue and he you know look he's the english language is not always his friend and he did not he did not say that very well at all but i mean i think everyone kind of understands that's what he was going for he certainly was not in public going for you know kkk members or good people like even if he actually believed it he wouldn't have said it on national television cory booker used that exact example to say how he is a white nationalist today that exact and what's crazy is they're just saying it as if it's It's a reach it's a reach yeah and let's before we let's get into that but we do have a clip of cory booker uh let's watch that we have a president of the United States who is particularly responsible. Uh, I, I, in my faith, have this idea that you reap what you sow, and he is sowing seeds of hatred in our country, and this harvest of hate violence that we're seeing right now uh, lies at his feet. When you have the president from the highest moral office in our land talking about invasions and infestations and whole countries, the kind of things that come out of his mouth that so harm the moral fabric of our nation, he is responsible. He's responsible when he has taken no action whatsoever to even condemn white supremacy. Oh, okay. Well, we can get into that. But I would also like to bring up that President Trump this morning did condemn white supremacy. This is what we were hearing, right? On Saturday, we were hearing how dare President Trump, he has to come out and condemn white supremacy. Otherwise, the blood is is on his hands. Now he did, falls right into their trap. And of course, what you hear is, well, it wasn't good enough. No. He, did, he didn't change the law. He didn't say he was going to change the law. He didn't, you know, say he was going to ban guns. You know, they just moved the goalposts on it once he does the thing that they were hitting him on before. Of course, right? We, and we all knew that you was going to happen. And he knew it was going to happen. And this is why he doesn't like to do it. Right. Because he knows the second he goes and says, look, of course I hate white nationalists. What the hell are you talking about? I didn't even, he doesn't even know what they are. Like, this is not his like, <laughs> life. He's not a political animal. He's a, he's a, he's a guy who likes to fight. And I think, like, a lot of times he gets himself in trouble because he thinks to himself, look, they know what I'm saying. 
I, you know, everybody knows I'm not a white nationalist. Like I, and everybody does know he's not a white nationalist. They, all, all these candidates on TV know he's not a white nationalist. He doesn't have an ideology that's even well-developed enough to be a white nationalist. Like that is a, Richard Spencer puts a lot of thought into his racism. Like Donald Trump is just, he's flippant with words sometimes. And he doesn't, like, I, you know, I've been critical of him. And I, and I think he deserves criticism sometimes. You can go back into their 80s and stuff and find some pretty nasty stuff. But I mean, the bottom line is the stuff they're trying to throw out there it's almost different like than saying he's a racist. Like racism is something you can kind of like make a weird line on and say, well, I think someone who doesn't like affirmative action is racist or I mean, you can come up with all sorts of things. You can define racism in a million different ways. White nationalist is an ideology. It's really specific. And something that we should condemn wholeheartedly. wholeheartedly. We should come out very strong. And you mentioned this in the show just now, Stu, that, you know, in, in the other show, that um, we should be going after it with the same you know, uh, you know, conviction that we do Islamic extremism. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same. They're both terrorists. You know, they're both awful human beings. But the thing that's so irritating, and the thing about with Charlottesville, to go back to that for a second, is that we that none of them would condemn the radical leftists that were there. Mm-hmm. They would not do it. Yep. Well, they kept just still screaming. has not been condemned for what they did, no, like you said earlier, the, to the ICE facility. The former vice chair of the DNC posts pictures of their pamphlets and tweets it out very proudly. They, they, they're at the highest echelons. They will not condemn them. They refuse to do it. But then they don't get hit on it. Except the left instead just comes right after. Why won't you condemn white nationalism? We are. We are. I mean, right. It's. I mean, it's like Aaron. I want your input on this as well. But it's like, like, yeah. We we all agree that murder is wrong, right? Like we all agree that all of these things, all of these things, we have very hard lines on are wrong. We shouldn't have to just repeat ourselves. Shouldn't that just be an understanding in society right. that we all agree that white nationalism is wrong? We all agree that murder is wrong. We all agree all these things are wrong. Mm-hmm. And the problem that comes is we've seen this with these Democratic candidates. When one person says something, they set the bar. Everybody else is kind of forced to just follow along, whether they really believe it or not. So if Beto says, okay, you're a white nationalist, then Bernie will say it, then Booker will say it, then Harris will say it, and everybody's just following along. And then that becomes the narrative that's said. And then it comes to you know Republicans, conservatives, and say, why don't you defend this? Why are you supporting this white nationalism. It's like, we didn't. You just made something up and then (laughs) threw it at us to say, you've got to defend it now. It doesn't make any sense. Literally no one on the right has not come out, like a prominent person, and said, this is awful, this Mm -hmm. is something we condemn. There's been nobody on the right that I've seen. No one has been complacent on on this at all. It's interesting. Um, I, I was trying to craft something that I wanted to say yesterday on the shootings, and my husband said, I said, does this sound okay to you? Because I'm, I'm trying very hard to, like, you know, I don't want to say anything that sounds insensitive. And he said, well, you probably want to condemn white supremacy. I said, no, I, I don't have to. Why it's like, I why are we forced to, to bring never, that into the right, conversation? Well, about I've, never, like I've never said anything supporting white supremacy. Why should I have to be the one to say, yes, I condemn white supremacy, too? It's like we are, we're falling into this false narrative. We're just walking right into it and letting them put us on the defensive. Yeah, and I'm like... No, I'm not going to condemn that. I, if someone wants to ask me flat out, I'm happy to tell them, but I'm not going to walk into their narrative that I should have to. Right. I, I do see, but I do see value in in calling it out, very being very uh, vocal about it. I remember the remember the, there was a video of uh, 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 Ilhan Omar where mm-hmm. she refused to answer a question on you know uh, 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 female mutilation. Yeah. She refused to do it. Well, that's and instead, what I'm saying. she if turned it asks around. Me, and it was a member of her own If they ask me, side. I'll answer the question. Right. I'm not going to operate under the assumption that everyone. Should just assume that I'm a white nationalist. Right. 
That would be very strange. But it's like now we're like, I would love for somebody on the left to say, hey, can you condemn Antifa or can you not? Right. And they won't. Well, yeah, they have done that, and, and there has been silence. Let me, I know you got something to say. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Uh, Stu made a very interesting, uh, interesting point off air. I'm very concerned that uh, you, mm-hmm. uh, you denounced white supremacism. I did. Jason did. I did. Aaron did not. Huh. I, I want to make an apology to the nation. I don't know hmm. if there's anything unclear. I am not a black white nationalist. I do, <laughs> I do condemn white nationalism in all forms, in case anybody was confused too about late. that. Too late. You went not far enough. Way too long. All right. We've already got our minds made am up. Am I canceled now? Is that what yes. you are? Aaron Cullen is Get out. It's over. We'll see you guys later. In Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So the Democratic Socialists, they had a convention over the weekend. It was so sweet. It was adorable. So cute. (laughs) Um, It went about how you'd expect. Let's watch. Uh, Quick point of privilege. Quick point Um, of personal privilege. Um, Guys, uh, first of all, James Jackson, Sacramento, he, him. I (laughs) just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. Mm. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just, I know it's, we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Okay, is there a speaker against name, point chapter, pronoun? Privilege. Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. No! <laughs> that guy, oh my gosh, you could, he was like t- just this close to just losing it. Jason? So great. I mean, there's so many things to take out of that. First off, it's kind of how you, I mean, we, we all love parody. But come yeah. on, when you're trying to be serious and you come off looking like an episode of South Park, which is exactly what that looked like, if you were going to parody that, parody <laughs> that, parody that, in a comic or a cartoon, that's exactly how you would do it. Yeah. The jazz hands, because uh, clapping triggers people, so they use jazz hands instead of applauding. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't talk you know, and amongst yourselves. Because well, you're going to trigger triggered. someone. They're not going to get a lot done because nobody can say anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, another, another point of that, just before he stands up, uh, I thought it was very interesting. You know, Glenn is always talking about at one point they're just going to take the masks off. Mm. Um, they're going to reveal themselves. That The woman that was leading it said that uh, that they were finally, you know, getting to the point to where they could, you know, pursue the end of capitalism and the full-on defeat of capitalism. This is absolutely insane. Like, I think Ocasio-Cortez actually is a card-carrying member mm-hmm. of DSA. Yes. Two, of, two, of, uh, two of the squad are. I think it's Presley is the other one. The Ringo. Uh, yes. And, yes. and these are the same people that will laugh at you. <laughs> You know, we're not here to end capitalism. It's not the Soviet Union. This is Sweden. This is Scandinavia. They're talking about the end of capitalism. How does that have anything to do at all with Scandinavia? Mm. Uh, by the way, maybe Rashida Tlaib. Is the, there's okay. two of the members. I know Anacasio-Cortez is definitely one of them. Uh, that's a member of the DSA. The good thing about this, I feel like, though, if the socialists invade, if we just whisper enough, they're not going to oh. be able to do anything. Like We just got to <laughs> keep whispering break out and into talking applause and it's over. So upset. Just, like, all the tanks will stall. Yep. And they'll get out and start crying and we'll get, be okay. Get megaphones and scream gender-specific pronouns. Yeah. And they all just will like, <laughs> If you just say, hey, guys, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, you're joking, but it's really Seriously, true. Though. That guy was really upset. I mean, really upset. He sounded like yeah. he was going to cry. Um, and obviously, we're not just going to show you one clip from here. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Watch. Quick point of privilege once again. Hi, James Jackson, Sacramento DSA, he, him. I have already asked people to be mindful of the chatter of their comrades who are sensitive to sensory overload, and that goes double for the heckling and the hissing. It is also triggering to my anxiety. Like, the be comradely doesn't ju isn't just for like, you know, let's keep things civil or whatever. It's so that people aren't gonna get triggered and so that it doesn't affect their performance as a delegate, okay? I yeah. Love, I love these people. I like to cheer for be, him. For, being, uh, comradely, nice, nice being comradely means that you <laughs> respect my personal needs. He did go on to say, though, he said um, that your right to speak or whatever does not, tr you know, trump my personal needs. This is sort of the most a, extreme extension of what college campuses could become yes. if yes. things keep evolving, you know, where you can't say anything, you're just tiptoeing around constantly. You got to identify yourself by your pronouns right off the bat. Yeah. Aaron Cullen, he, him, by the way. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. I'm glad you didn't make any assumptions. No, I know. Yeah. I know. something new every day. <laughs> um, I am curious, and perhaps, Aaron, you can, you can walk me through this. I probably if you not. say he, why do you also need to say him? <laughs> like, isn't that implied if you're oh, saying he already? Why do you also? I don't understand. Or just say him. He or him will explain what they, people need to call you, right? I can't think of a, an instance where it would be he, like he her, he, her, he. Now you're putting things in a box and sort of, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. This is why, why do you have to announce, like, your identified gender? Well, I guess when you think of it as, like, essentially genocide when someone says the wrong thing to you, I guess you have to announce <laughs> it every time, right? I mean, seriously, like, if it's really going to trigger you this badly, if someone calls you the wrong name and that old guy's like, ah! <laughs> I, uh, I saw a write-up on someone that was there, and I think I pulled this actually. If we have the, uh, the the picture of it, but it was there. You know, it had their like logo for the you know DSA National Convention, but then it said on there, yeah, there it is. It said that the things that they endorsed, you know, by a full vote, was voting to endorse open borders and the Green New Deal. Which maybe I'm just a nerd, but I just well, found yes, that, we already knew that. obviously <laughs> not, that's is true. But I, I just found that hilarious because if you're for Green New Deal, which basically guarantees everybody a job, a house, um, health care, everything, you can't be for open borders. Well, I mean, you, you literally can, can't. You just be really stupid. You want to invite in just anyone that wants to come in and instantly take advantage of all these things. You're that you missing see the provide. key point that you're not supposed to think about that. <laughs> you're right. supposed to accept it. I mean, well, the, so the, it's, it's interesting that they, the DSA endorses Bernie Sanders, but he is not an open borders guy. Mm -hmm. No. He's actually said because he knows. I mean, he's been, think, he's been a Marxist for a long time. As the Soviets, which he idolized and vacationed in, honeymooned in, he knows that they were very, very hardcore closed borders yeah. because you can offer all this crap for free right. and, and have you know tons of people coming and leeching off of it. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the uh, the standard for when we talk about these shootings used to be um, we need to do more than thoughts and prayers, and they've been saying this recently. Kamala Harris remixed that this weekend and turned it into no more thoughts and prayers, which mm -hmm. if you kind of think about it, yes, there's no praying there, but there's also no thinking no involved. Thinking. There's no more <laughs> thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the Democratic Party is. That's right? No more that thoughts. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, is. it is, sadly. Uh, all right, Aaron. McDonald's. I feel like straws. Yeah, I feel like you brought this particular topic to the table specifically to trigger Stu. Mm. Partially, at least, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's going on with McDonald's? Well, point, of personal, point of personal preference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he him, uh, Stuber here. He him. 
I'm afraid of stress. <laughs> like 1,500 McDonald's stores in Ireland and the UK, and they started using these um, paper straws that everybody hates. They're terrible. They don't work very well. Uh, we find out, I think, a year later that they're not recyclable. So there's no <laughs> point at all in using these. And so they're like, sorry, awesome. they're too thick. They don't go to the recycling. So just throw them all away. We'll so it's because they're too thick. I think so. Well, because you have to make them thick so enough they have to that be they don't solid disintegrate for in your mouth yeah. when right. you're drinking from the darn thing. Yeah, it's funny. I've actually read that McDonald's was the one place that actually got the paper straw to an acceptable level. Uh, and now we know why, because they, they didn't cheated. help at all, uh, which makes me very happy. I like these stories because the plastic straw is an incredible in- invention. The, the story of how it became a thing is so embarrassing. Literally, a child did a study that said we used a lot of straws and everyone believed it. Like, it's legitimately from a child. Like, a fifth grader came up with it. He called a bunch of straw companies. Seriously. It was, I can't remember if it was he, she, or she, he. I don't remember what the, se- the gender was, so I apologize if I said he <laughs> called. You're oh going to be gosh, in some trouble. Now I'm in wow. trouble. Uh, some, them called. <laughs> there you go. And them found out, and, and they legitimately did a calculation as a fifth grader, and, and media organizations started running with it. Uh, it's not true. There's, we don't use nearly as many straws as they say we do. It's, it's like 0.01% of the waste uh, that we actually use are straws. It makes no difference if we turn them all, got rid of all of them tomorrow. It would make absolutely no difference to the environment. But it makes people feel like they're doing something. And that's all this is about. It's just a PR thing for McDonald's. They can say, hey, we're doing paper straws. And now yeah. they got to come out and say, I'm sorry, Oops, guys. I, I, I personally support the full-on jihad against all forms of straws because there's what? never been a All more forms por- of straws? All forms. What? Wow. There's never been a more pointless condition, unless you have a medical condition or you're wearing lipstick. I, I got you there. Okay. So, you know, so now you've taken no reason percent for... of, the, of, the, of the country, right? And yeah. So, if you're a grown man okay. and you're using a straw, oh, I forget. I'm sorry. No, I'm straws are great. Straw. <laughs> Wait, you go to fast food places? Me, and... Excuse me, gentlemen. Let me take this one. Uh, Jason, I will have you know that if you drink coffee from a straw, you protect your teeth and keep them whiter. Oh. I don't care how I, I don't care how my teeth look to begin with. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is straws are only for people who care about their appearance. Jason Buttrell does not happen to be right. One of so people. that's understandable. With the way Jason looks, I think <laughs> no. I mean, I, I look. I, I I would say also like you need to put and you're in a car you've got a full 32 ounce beverage yeah, you can't every just... corner you go around be- fluid is going to come out if it's mm-hmm. open so you have to have a way to have it closed and still drink out of it that's what a straw is for that that's, is an absolute that's, that's why they have cokes with a little twist off cap. they don't serve them at at McDonald's? <laughs> and when you're driving how are you going to just constantly be twisting well, i can do that I'm, i've i've taken enough soda to be able to do that <laughs> but i will say when you got to get a fountain soda one of the two types, main types of delivery. It's like he and she, right? <laughs> you got fountain and you got you got bottle. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference there. You have to have the straw for that. I can see your point there. You. I can see your point. I don't understand, like, because how many times have you been at a bar and there's like a glass, you know, like a vodka glass, and some dude is sipping on his mm, whiskey. Well, that's or a bad look. I would with a straw. Like, and it's a little what? tiny, like stir straw. What? Yeah. What? For why? Okay. Like, what are you doing there? You look more fancy. I guess that's it. Just like I do. Put with your my, pinky uh, up. It does reusable uh, Trump plastic straw <laughs> that I finally got. It's so great. <laughs> it's an actual Trump straw. It is it? a Trump straw. It says oh, Trump on it. And when I heard that he was selling them on his website, I was like, I have to get these. Uh, I just don't like the idea that it's reusable. Well, but that, but that's the that's the good. That's so you have the to wash your straws. Because people are getting onto him for selling plastic straws. Like he he doesn't care about the environment, and he's like. They're reusable. 
Well, technically, any straw is reusable. I, I, I know, no, he said the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah. Because if you feel it, like it's, like, it's that hard plastic. It's hard plastic, yeah. but it's not like reusable forever. No, look, I mean, you're gonna have to throw it away. It, it, you can reuse any straw. It's just dumb to reuse. <laughs> Except the paper straw. You cannot gross. reuse. My wife buys. She has metal ones. I have glass ones. I think they're gross. I like reusing really? a straw makes me want to die. Just like using cups makes me want to die. Well, I mean, she I, washes I, I, them. I know, but it's gross. You can never get it all out. Here's the thing. They have cups. Here's a great thing. You can throw away your cups. You can throw away your silverware. You can throw away your paper, your paper plates. I have all that stuff at home. I throw away everything. Screw you, environment. Wow. <laughs> Andrew Yang is coming for you. Yeah, he is, probably. Uh, all right. So, Friday's poll. What did you watch? Inslee put you on the list. Like, Inslee's coming for you tonight. In a future campaign commercial, they're what did you watch this week? Let's see. 55% of you said you did not watch either the Democratic debates or the Trump rally. That's good. That means you actually have standards and respect yourself enough to not watch the Democratic debates. We only watched it because we get paid to do it. Otherwise, otherwise, I think we would have been right there with you. It's torturous, but I do like to hear what they're saying. I like to know where they're going with this stuff. The Trump rally, I think, at this point is a little bit. There's not a lot of you good know to get out of that. There, yeah. You know what you're getting there. Yeah. Um, I mean, plus the media, whatever. If he says something bad, it you're going to hear about it. So don't worry about it. Well, I'm surprised. 31 percent said that they did watch the Trump rally. Mm-hmm. Compared to five, only 5% said that they watched the Democratic debates. I see substance in watching a debate if yeah. there's enough people that, to where they can actually discuss their views and compare and contrast. But the, the de- Democratic debates, there's like one or two guys. They don't get any screen time, and they're the only ones that disagree. Did you mm-hmm. say guys? Oh. oh. I don't know about that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> we can't say anything anymore. No. This is insane. Actually, fact check, true. Yeah. We cannot true. say anything. But a, but a rally. It's a pep rally for yeah. someone that you're just, yeah. you just agree and with. That's for Why? Democrats or Republicans. Rallies. Right. Oh. I would. I mean, campaign events, I've never gone. I mean, like, unless. I certainly don't need to watch it on television. Yeah, there's no point in that. I mean, there, right. Like, I can understand maybe if you yeah, support you've, this particular yeah. candidate sure. and you want to go in person. Yeah, I like maybe. You, yeah, you want to hear them speak or whatever. Right. But, like, Trump's been the president for a few years. We we all know what Trump's speeches are like. He's not, and he's not unveiling new policies of these things. He's you know, getting in fights with the media. And right. I, I, there's something to that for sure, but I could skip that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Today's poll responding to the mass killings over the weekend. President Trump called for Republicans and Democrats to unite for stronger background checks for gun purchases, suggesting that this legislation could be coupled with his push for immigration reform. Is this the right response? Still. I'm sorry. I- did you say that President Trump called for Republicans and Democrats to unite for stronger background checks for gun purchases? What does that mean? Uh, it's just words. No, but this is okay. Sorry, this is dangerous. Yeah. Uh, this is where it's going to get dangerous. What does that Awkward. even mean? What does that even mean? Stronger background checks? Mm-hmm. They throw out these things like universal it's, background it's checks. They have rhetoric. no idea what they're saying. Right. Yeah. There, look, there's three ty- types of Trump policy. Right. There's one that he's believed since he's been in the public eye: trade protectionism. Yes. Absolutely. There are some things he has never believed, but I really believe he has now sort of come around to and is as a conservative or the Republican viewpoint. The border's probably like that, right? Like, he was never a border guy before, like, he came down the escalator. But now it's, like, a central part of him for whatever reason, whether he really, truly, like, is hardcore about it or it's like he knows it's part of his right. thing and he has to defend it. There's another part, though, and guns fall in this category, that he was actually really on the liberal side his entire life. And while he's had some things that have been really good, I think like a Neil Gorsuch appointment, I would be very positive on that. He's also done things like banning bump stocks, which is com- 
blatantly unconstitutional in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, th- there is a place in the uh, new Tim Alberta book. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show or not, but yeah. he yeah he says briefly if you didn't hear that uh, when the Scalise shooting went down, the the uh, Bernie Sanders supporter that shot everybody at the softball field, he went to his aides and said. Uh, you know, maybe we should do gun control now. Scalise can lead the way. He's got street credibility on this. And, like, I, I don't know where he really stands on this issue, and I, he makes me very nervous on it. Uh, so far, he's held the line relatively well, with the exception of uh, some notable things. Uh, but this, he, it could be the type of thing that emotion does sort of, you know, play into, and, and he changes on it. I, I hope that's not the case. You know he felt the pressure of giving that speech to say something that made it seem like he was doing something. But then when you do that, and then also you tie it to immigration, what's going to get accomplished yeah, by that? And I hope, mean, that's just a mess. Hopefully, really it's just nothing, hopefully it's just words and, and nothing. Cause that, look, back, universal background checks largely already exist. Mm-hmm. There is no evidence that either one of these shooters got their, uh, would have been flagged by a background check. It's got nothing to do with the story at all. It's just a it's just a. Uh, ridiculous response that the media goes to because uh, they want to uh, they know it's a, a, an easy political thing. 90% of people supposedly agree with it. They don't really understand the question because they don't. They never get context. But the bottom line is like I think it's I think it's tempting for a Republican to say look take this off the table. I don't care if we have universal background checks. He, Trump doesn't care either way. Right. I mean it's not like he's against them or for them. Like it's just not it's not an important policy and he gets hit by it over and over and over again. So I think he'd be like, well, let's just relent on this one. We'll get something else good. The universal background check system is, they just throw that out there and most people will hear that and say, okay, that sounds great. Yeah, like, you know, background checks. It was invented by the NRA. The people they're vilifying, they've invented the dang system. Mm -hmm. But universal background checks is more complicated than that. That's why if you just, uh, you pass a blank bill, you know, off of a motion like this, they don't even know what they're asking for. Uh, Family sales. If I want to give my son a gun, how does that even work mm-hmm. with this law in place? They, does he have to go to an FFL somewhere and I have to transfer this to my son for crying out loud? Yeah. Like, and there's a, te- yeah, there's a temptation to be able to say, well, let's just give it this stupid thing to them. They always ask for it. They're always bugging us about it. And I don't care about it. Give it to them. Look what happened when it came to Obamacare. Right. They got a big thing that they really, really didn't want them mm-hmm. to pass. And, you know, three, you know, four years later, they're already complaining about it and they want a lot more. They're always going to want the next thing. So don't give them the first thing. That's a great point. Uh, All right, let us know what you think by going to The Blazes Twitter, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. A little scary on that one. I don't, I don't, I don't know where he is on that. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.